0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go: Mind Pump. Mind Pump with your hosts Sal De Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. When did you find out you were you like gambling? Um, I I was really into
1: to cards really early, so I I started playing cards. Uh, shit! Even when I was a kid, my grandmother—that's my, grandmother, my tattoo—is my grandma with cards in her hair. Because when mm. we we're, were younger, she used to teach me how to play rummy, and I used to play games like rummy and, you know, basic five-card draw poker and stuff. And then as I got a little bit older, like and by older I'm talking like I'm 15 years old at best or younger, um, you know, learn how to play seven-card seven-card poker. Yeah. Uh, or Texas Hold'em. Did you play seven for money West as Red. a kid too? No, like chain pennies. You know, uh-huh. my grandma and I would play. Like I had a, always had pennies and change. i because like I feel
0: like gambling i feel like you either you either can tolerate it uh or it makes you excited or you hate it you know what i mean like well, like those mm. are the three kinds of people that i've i, I have to say when i maybe when <coughs> i when
1: i played it as a kid it was more just competitive the competitive side of me liked it but i wasn't like really liked it i didn't really like it until i found out there was math behind it i've always liked math i liked math in, in high school and stuff like that I was always uh really good at math and when i when i realized that there was equations that came into play, I became very fascinated with that. So I, I was drawn to poker right away and drawn to that, trying to compute that as fast as you could, faster than the guys sitting at the table with you. That's what it was all about. It was always about, and when you were playing uh, other players, you just had to be smarter than everybody else you're playing. And if you paid systematically, you know, good chances were you were going to end up taking their right, money.
0: Right. But there's a, there's a, there's a risk tolerance that you have to have <clears throat> inside you. Like for me, I enjoy math. I enjoy you know, outsmarting people, but I hate gambling because I hate the thought of losing even $10. Well, it so the, pisses me
1: off. that's how I had, and of course <laughs> as it's I got- true.
0: I just don't like it. Well, you know? I, and I so I'm, w- that's why I'm asking. Like, what is it that, is it the excitement of?
1: <sighs> no, it's, it's the, it's like I just said, the math thing is with that. I don't ever play with money. And this is maybe where I'm different than maybe your average gambler. Like, uh, I never play with money that I, I am not okay with totally blowing. Sure, sure. You're
2: not an addict. That's exactly how I play. I mean, I had a similar experience with my grandma too, but she taught me more... Uh, like games like Rook and uh, you know, other games like that where it's like it's it's just like poker, but like you have you have suited hands and all this kind of stuff, and like you learn how to like play that competitively against the person in, op- in opposition to you and all that stuff. It's just strategy, dude. I mean, we played a lot of strategy games growing well, up. Well,
0: you got, but you guys are not degenerates. Obviously, you guys are are gambling smart. But my point, my point is like, if I had, if there's such a thing, right. What <laughs> gambling? Smart. Yeah, well, it's no, no. no. What I, dude, if what you I mean go into
2: it responsibly, is what yeah. I mean. If you go into it looking at it as entertainment and not that you're going to make money, right? Well, that's I think that's a, that's a healthier well, m- there mentality. Well, there are
0: people who have addictions to it, and just, they're not they don't yeah. gamble responsibly. You know what I mean? Just like alcohol or anything else, right? It can be abused. That's not. I know. Obviously, you guys are not like that. But my, the reason why I'm asking you is because I find it fascinating. Because I if if I had a hundred million dollars, I couldn't. Bet I couldn't go gamble with ten grand, even though ten grand is fucking nothing. I have a hundred million dollars. It's just it just something
2: I would never enjoy you eat doing. At you. Yeah.
0: yeah, I just even if I lost a thousand, I'd be like, what the fuck, I lost well, happens, I have so a thousand. Because it so
2: quickly too. I think I think that's the the part of it that really sucks. Yeah, it's just know? fascinating
0: to me because I remember I went to Vegas once with a friend of mine who had his friend come. I do not know this guy, but this guy was at the time he owned like the second or third biggest gambling website on the internet. This was a while ago. So this guy had a shit ton of money and I watched him blow through, not exaggerating, in like it was like 2 hours I saw him blow through $50,000. Yeah. gambling with the roulette uh, on the roulette table. And uh it, to me it was just fascinating. Now I know that that yeah. 50 grand for him would be like 50 bucks for me,
2: but it was like I'm looking at like I could not do that. You know what I mean? I just couldn't. No, it reminds me of this guy when I uh, I was in this this casino and uh I was playing roulette I think and I never played roulette I was just like ah whatever there wasn't a table open for me and uh, this guy just comes in like this, you know, uh, like all carrying himself. Like he's some kind of like big ball or whatever. Drops down 20 grand, puts it on one number. Are <laughs> like, you shitting me? Fucking idiot. And like everybody's coming around like, oh my God, look at this lost guy. It. Dude, totally lost. Of course he lost it. <laughs> God, and I look, I look to payout, my left. That payout is ridiculous if you were to Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he just like disappeared. Like I didn't even see him after that. He just like. Was gone. He like vanished.
0: And you're like, why don't you just like, give me what? the money, bro? I'm like, and i I was like, oh, I'll give you a back rub for what it. What just
2: happened? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I was just standing there. But
0: it's got to be exciting. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be something
1: about oh. it that's exciting. I mean, if you've never played craps or been at a crap table, one of the it's one of the, the most exciting games to play. Uh, I'm a firm believer in that. A lot of it has to do with the energy that's going on with the table too. When there's great energy around the table and everybody's when we all got our
2: crystals and when, the, when, the, the t-
1: <laughs> when a roller when a roller, what's neat about that? It's the only. I'm so glad he said that. It's the only uh, it's the only I thing on a on a balls. casino floor that one person could be making twenty other people lots of money all all at the same time. So which,
0: everybody wants this one person to win. Yeah, so
1: everybody is yeah. rooting for you, right? And, and and so that's what's great is nobody ever roots for the ca- synergy.
0: Nobody ever roots for the casino. Yeah. yeah. Although could you imagine
1: uh, that dickhead at the table? Well there is a guy. Up, there is a guy and I know I talk shit to him too. So if you come really? to my t- yeah, if I'm rolling and you come to my table and you play the dealer bets. Uh, I normally do you I, talk I, shit to them oh hell yeah I talk yeah, shit to them what do you say, say oh hell yeah I talk shit to them I, I, I call them out Are you yeah. gonna be that guy huh you know they're whoa, whoa, whoa. You know they they only get all like uh, you know I'm like you know what dude they're the worst and right after that yeah. you start and that changes the mojo of the table yeah. some guy comes in and is betting against you when, while the
2: whole go rest hit of the, at table the slot and, machines, loser, yeah, no, no, I would have said,
1: well, nobody likes that guy either. Nobody likes that guy who comes over and does that. So, most of the rest of, if you're a crap player and you play lots of craps, like that's the last thing you want is some guy coming over and trying to fuck the mojo up. So, you know, there there is, um, you know, you, you one, uh, like, like Justin said, I, when I go into, so I gamble a lot, and I gamble a lot in Vegas and Reno and uh vegas i have to go with obviously a lot more money than i do have to go to reno reno if i bring 5 grand i'm, I'm a boss out there that in vegas barely gets you started uh but you i go with the amount of money that i go with it's, to me, it's like I'm vacationing and I'm spending that money.
0: Yeah, because you, you're having fun. That's yeah. what I'm saying. See, yeah. I can't have fun gambling. That's why, to me, it's so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, the no, same. I, not, I would rather spend, literally. I'm like right sp- between you guys again. I'd rather you know, play video yeah, games. You know what I'm like saying? I'd rather go spend you. money at the video games and, right. s- and come out and be like, I just spent 500 bucks playing video games. To yeah. me, it would be more fun yeah. than gambling. And I'm not making fun of it. I just It just fascinates me because every right. time I go to Vegas, because I've been to Vegas a million times. I you know I'll have buddies that gamble and I'll watch them and it's right. cool and I have fun watching people but I never have fun playing.
1: Well, I find the hard- and I've
0: won before too.
1: Well, I find the hardest part uh, for for people that I know that that they gamble and play and and why why Vegas wins is because there are a couple of reasons. One, I think a lot of people don't understand understand like games like craps and like poker. There is a lot of math involved. And then if you if you play the numbers, if you play the math, even with it in the favor of Vegas, we all know that it, it, Vegas wouldn't be around if it, if it wasn't in the favor of the house. But it's not like it's a huge favor in the house. It's not like 90% Vegas is supposed to win and 10%. Well, you
0: got to look where they make their money. Yeah, it's, they make a lot of their money on the slot machines. Yeah. A lot of their money. They make a lot of their money on the games that have shitty odds. And then they kind of break even sometimes on the other games like poker. You have a. there's a lot of skill involved. Yeah. In yeah. poker.
2: You do a lot better in poker, yeah.
0: Right. Or baccarat well, and, or whatever. And here, and here, pie gal,
2: a- you don't go anywhere. You just sit there and drink. That's what I do. I just sit there and play <laughs> pie gal and I'm there all night. The, don't just, lose a dime. I just get hammered. I just get a lot of free drinks. I,
1: I feel I feel like if you're a gambler and you, you you live by a few rules then then you're you're okay. And one of those is one, you make the rule that Whatever money I bring, this is the money I bring. That's all I'm playing with. Once I run the, out of that, whether it's in 10 minutes or last me three days... It's over. So I never I bring cash. I never bring an ATM. I don't right. use my ATM card to go keep pulling money out of my account because that that could get crazy.
0: Yeah, that's the one machine I always get money out of. <laughs> and, <laughs> I won. <yeah. laughs>
1: and and I also make sure that uh, if you know if I double up, I walk away. So th- and this has happened to me before. I've gotten on a table. Oh, so know, if
0: you hit double, if you double your money, yeah, you leave. Yeah. So there's you see been t- that's cool.
1: Yeah. There's been times where I get right to Vegas or right to yeah. Reno, and I just hit the tables right away, and I'm super hot, and you know I make a quick five to seven thousand dollars and then I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. The rest of the trip, I'm not gambling anymore. So my Self
2: control. Is- See that at that point, that's why you 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 know you yeah. have and these good experiences. Most guys
1: can't do that. Yeah. Most people have a hard time. And then the same thing goes, you'll either lose your amount that you you, you gave yourself and then you go dig dig in mm-hmm. for more or you win and then you end up giving it all back because you stay there longer and you continue playing their odds. You end yeah. up spending
0: that money anyway on hookers and drugs. You yeah. know so true. Very you break true. even either way. Yeah. And so- then
2: it turns into the <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> Speaking of self control, that's should, where it all went. We should talk about fitness uh, sometime, this, this, oh. Month. Oh. sometime yeah. this month. Yeah, so why don't we? Um, <laughs> What's that? What was the subject we were to? Oh, mini cuts and mini bulks. Uh, we've been getting asked we've been getting a lot. a lot of questions about this.
2: Mm, so. That sounds like some kind of you know weird. Well, let's can sadomasochism. we sadomasochism? T- let's talk about let's talk <laughs> about can we talk
1: about all the idiots first? So we like we like to uh, address all the silliness that's out there, which is. These excessive bulks, yeah, and, I, and the reason why I like to talk about it because well, let's,
0: let's break it down. A bulk is when you're eating
1: in a surplus. You're eating
0: to gain weight, yeah. Okay, yeah. just the bottom line. You're yeah. eating to gain weight, okay. And and you you mean excessive bulks by people who are like you're bulking and for heavy. like six months, yeah, a year. and and
1: excessive amounts of surpluses too, like and just you, like they're just getting fat. You don't need to be in that much of a surplus. And the reason why I, I like to do it, and I know like some people they probably listen to us and they're like, dude, these guys are just a bunch of assholes. They just pick on everybody. I and like, it's true, we are, uh, yeah. But I like to pick, I like (laughs) to, I like to address these things that I was, I did myself. I, I was that guy too. I was a kid who always tried to put weight on, was always trying to get bigger. I could never be big enough. And so I always was eating in this crazy surplus of trying to, trying to gain weight, always struggling. So, I had the same mentality. So, you know, even though I'm talk- we're going to talk shit about these same people, we come from that. So, that's the reason why I feel like we can speak this way is because it's not only something that we're educated on and understand and have an experience, but we also have the experience of being the same dumbasses that did the same mm-hmm. thing, too. So, Great. well,
0: we got to look at, <clears throat> okay, obviously, to break down just very basic science, if you want to gain weight, you have to take in more calories than you burn, more energy than you burn. And if you want to lose weight, you have to take in less energy than you burn. So, we know that. So by you know by definition bulking means taking in more than you're burning and cutting means taking in less than you're burning. However, uh as we've discussed in the past, the body is amazingly uh it, it adapts at an amazing rate. Yeah. And if you're at a deficit or a, a surplus for too long, you start to your body tries to adapt to the surplus and to right. the to the cut by It'll doing a slow few things.
2: everything down to you know, um, get to that situation where it's going to make you efficient, right? So if you're, at that level, if you're always eating if you're 500 deficit, calories lower yeah.
0: than you're burning, your body's going to find a way to burn 500 calories less. That's it. After if you if you keep that cut for too long, um, and then if you bulk, um, your body's not going to want you to keep building muscle because that's expensive. Muscle is a very costly tissue, and so uh, you'll lose that that muscle building effect if you stick to it too long, and you just start getting fat. And we've and all done that. I've done yeah, that.
2: Then there's the effect of of doing it you know too hard right going too extreme oh yeah you know from one end of the pendulum to the other so of course I, uh, I, I, that does not do well for your body long term what's, what's the craziest bulks you've ever done as far as how calories
0: yeah because i know so me and adam are cl- more similar in this respect that we're both you know we had trouble gaining weight as kids uh growing up i mean did you ever go nuts because i did some stupid shit to gain weight you know i,
1: I did I've, I've gone nuts um and the the problem with with it is I, what I found I couldn't do. Like let's say for example, like going nuts for me was like, you know, I'd start to eat like six, seven thousand calories every day, which at the time was nuts considering I had a hard time eating three thousand calories. And was it clean food? It, no, I couldn't. I, yeah, couldn't, exactly. I couldn't get six, yeah. seven thousand calories in clean. So I was just like shoveling whatever shit I could get my hands on, you know, and what I what that did was this. One, it, it put me in an excess surplus. The balance was really off. I was you know lacking in foods that I should be getting. I was getting an excess of foods that I didn't need so much. and then I just would be so s- satiated and stuffed that I could only do it for a few days and then and then I'd have a day where I was way under. so and it, it, in, 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 in looking back now, it like it would still even out, you know what I'm saying really? Yeah, because so was-
0: I, so I was uh, you want to talk about you know mental freaking tenacity. Uh, I would just eat and I would, I didn't give a shit. I was going to, I was going to eat more than, than, or enough to gain weight. And I'd get my body weight up to like 240 pounds. And I weigh like right now, I weigh 200, 205. So 240 on my frame and it wasn't all muscle. I was just a big freaking meatball. Mm -hmm. And the food that I ate to get there was, I mean, I would eat a bucket of chicken. I go to KFC. And get a oh bucket God, dude. of chicken. <laughs> oh, do you know how gross that up. is? Oh. Do you know how nasty that is?
1: Oh. Bro, you would sweat. Do you know? you know that like Do you know that like uh, you know if you were to you compare, sweat grease? Basically. Do you know if you were to compare like all fast foods? And the reason why I like to bring this up because I remember the day when I was a trainer, and in my head I was thinking because I remember thinking like, okay, you know, I'm trying to bulk, I'm trying to put weight on, I'm gonna go to KFC and pick that up. And when I started looking at like from a fat oh, standpoint. Oh my God. KFC is worse than any anything. Any burger, yeah. fucking McDonald's. and It was all trans fat. Oh yeah, yeah. bro, yeah, like the worst of it all. Oh, just so <laughs> bad. And it was, and it wasn't that much higher on protein than going to have like a double double or having a, uh, you know, going to have a Big Mac for McDonald's. Like, oh my god, I had no idea. And how many people in their head think because they're eating chicken, it's chicken, they're, man.
0: Yeah. Hey, well, let's eat healthy today. Let's bro, eat KFC yeah. instead no, no, no. of McDonald's. Let me, let me tell you what. I, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what I would do. I'd get this on a diet. This was this would be my breakfast. I remember it like I was yesterday i would have 10 scrambled eggs with cheese then i'd have a punch bowl of whole milk with cheerios that was breakfast okay (laughs) that was breakfast bro i
2: just diarrhea
0: then then i'd have a shake between breakfast and lunch so it would be like a 500 calorie whatever shake okay then my lunch which was you know usually post-workout would be either a bucket of chicken or i'd go to pizza hut which was uh all you can eat pizza okay and Because, again, I was an ectomorph, so I, I could kind of get away with it, but I'd still gain weight, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I'd go over there, and I'd mow. I'd probably eat, like, an extra large pizza by myself. Just go nuts on it.
2: Well, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, if you're done. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I, love it. Um, I had a, a period in, in college where uh, I moved positions. So I, originally I was an outside linebacker where, you know, my size and frame being lean and being powerful was, was good. It was good enough. My coach wanted me to be at like two fifty and just be like this big juggernaut, you know, size guy because, you know, you're getting all these pulling guards and linemen and everybody coming down on you and, and these guys are really big. And so, uh, he's like, you know, you gotta get up to like two fifty, you know, two fifty five by, you know, come season. And at this point I was living on campus and they had a cafeteria. And so uh Outside the cafeteria too, like I would take my car, I'd go to Wendy's, and I'm just eating uh all and I ate chicken sandwiches. That was my thing. I didn't really like eating burgers, and I would eat like three or four, come back, eat a full plate at the dining room. And then I would also go out and there was this uh all you can eat buffets. That's like the thing. Yeah. They have these like buffets like china hut buffet this other like a uh, golden home corral, corral yeah. yeah buffets and uh, like it was it was a competition like we would stack these trays uh and and see who came out with like the most trays my roommate of course always won what how Guy was did, a freak, did you get to 250 freak what's that yeah so i got up to 250 Damn. bro and i you could were a not move yeah i was like Basically, I was top heavy and was always like imbalanced. So when I when I was playing, it was like, you know, I could hit really hard, but I just I had no snap. I had no like I was not on the balls of my feet, you know, I was just really heavy, flat-footed. And, and I like, if somebody hit me like a specific way, I would like fall over because I was, <laughs> I was so, I, it was so weird. I was so not athletic. And so I was like, I can't handle it. I The next year I cut back down. It was so bad, dude. And it was misery. Like, the whole time I just felt just bloated. and just bleh. Oh, it's a horrible feeling. And, and we've, we- was it, Walking around on I my flat footed. So, so we've all done it. We've all done the long- Yeah, you, you just- Bulks and the I long. Were you-
1: I'm trying to remember if you were at 24 with me when I was doing this. Or were you there? I was fat coming into twenty four. No, too, I know I, when you yeah. when you when you left. I can't remember if it was when I got up to two forty or not. So that, when I was over two forty, I've seen big,
2: you. I've seen you pretty big.
1: Well, when I was up there, what I the recipe for that was before I got to work. So first thing when I got got up, I would uh, I was eating uh, Eggo waffles. So <laughs> I'd have I'd have six Eggo waffles uh, with peanut butter layered on it, and then regular syrup and a banana, and then I'd head off to work. When as soon as I got to work, which is only 15 minutes away, I'd walk across the street where we had this donut shop and I would get this uh, ham, egg, cheese, croissant. And then I'd get two glazed donuts and a, a, a regular Damn, sugar sugar loaded Rockstar. And I'd wash the Rockstar down with that. So that would start off my morning. God,
0: we have so much damage to, Ugh. to Ugh. erase in Ugh. our bodies. Dude, yeah. That, yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? And then it would, from there, I'd try and switch to my like balance, pain. Balance good meals. And then I'd have a training session. I'd train in the afternoon. After I trained, I would then go uh, either to the mall and get two foot long Philly cheesesteak sandwiches or I'd get like two, you know, whatever sandwiches I wanted from Quiznos or whatever like that, smash those. And then I would, at uh, the end of the night, dude, the way I finished my night off was I'd go by McDonald's and I'd get a number one with an extra Big Mac and a 20-piece McNugget and that's how I'd finish off huh. my night. So I was probably I was probably crushing seven 7,000 And calories. we were in the fitness industry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Hell. You know, it's funny. We've confessed. <laughs> we've confessed to some horrible shit on the yeah, show. Yeah. But I think right now that was the that worst. Felt confe- the most uncomfortable. It did. Well, I, I just I killed yeah, a man. Once. I know it was not that bad. <laughs> it I ate was, a bucket of chicken. Yeah. It was
1: hard. Ooh. It was hard admitting all that. But you know what? Like, I think it's important that. Um, no,
0: it's important. They know that we made these mistakes. So when we talk shit about, it, it's like we were there.
1: Yeah. We've wow. done it. That's why I feel it's like true. it gives us the right to talk a little bit of shit yeah. because it's like we've been there. But it's not us like pointing the finger like these guys. are no. you know what It's we we get we were an idiot too. Yeah. Well, here's wiser
0: now. here's the. When you're when you're trying to bulk, there is an anabolic effect. There is a muscle building effect from having extra calories. The body does want to build more muscle as a result. But this uh, this is a short lived. It's very very short lived. It lasts maybe two to six weeks at the most, depending on your how anabolic you are based on your workouts and whatnot. And after that, then your body really starts to gain more body fat at an accelerated rate. Look, you know, one of the most anabolic feelings you ever have in your life. Is going from super super lean yeah. to eating in excess. Your body just piles muscle on, well, like crazy. But that it ends after a short period of time. Well, let let's transition that. So now all the fat people that are listening
1: to us that have always been fat always try to get skinny. You're on the other side of the spectrum, right? And and it is, and it, I know we just went to one extreme, and it's not. And I'm sure like all the fat people are like, oh, you're so lucky. You got to eat all that shit, right. you know, And get away with it. I just get fatter. Well, the the same rule applies for those people that and i don't know how many times i've seen this and this is super common in my world and the whole competing thing is i see these athletes that you know go from eating normal to these extreme cuts where all of a sudden they they go and they're eating 2500 to 3500 calories
2: anorexic like just ridiculous levels and
1: they cut super super hard right out the gates and, they, and just like the guy who tried to eat like that, like we're talking about right now, sure, the first week or two, you put on a couple pounds and you saw some change. Or the first week or two, you shredded down a couple, to, couple pounds because you cut so hard. But then guess what happens after about two to three weeks of doing that shit? Body figures it out. Body figures it out and it becomes your new caloric maintenance level, which really sucks for you. Yeah, because you know, your workouts at, at are the, gonna
0: suck at the end of that. Is you know eating 500 calories a day at maintenance or whatever. Mm, yep. Because your body will burn muscle to to help help you adapt to the new caloric uh, intake. So what the the concept be- behind mini bulks and mini cul- cuts is the the idea is to take advantage of the anabolic muscle building effect of the bulk and take advantage of the fat burning effect of a cut. But to to jump out of them uh when you're starting or to get becomes, the negatives. Yeah, exactly. Detrimental. Right. So if you let's say your ultimate goal was to lose fifty pounds. Okay. I want to lose fifty pounds. that doesn't mean you should go on mini cuts and mini bulks. What it means is you should go on cuts followed by maintenance, followed by cuts, followed by maintenance. Kind of mm-hmm. do like a stepladder. Right. Where you go, you know, cut for three weeks and then do maybe three days or four days of maintenance and then go down again and cut it down. This this keeps the metabolism uh, working and it prevents the body from adapting by trying to burn muscle. And on the flip side, if your goal is just to bulk um, and you want to build muscle and you're super super skinny, then you want to be in a surplus for two or three weeks and then go maintenance for a week and then do it again. Or maybe even drop it down under just a little so bit. So what does that up. what
2: does that look like caloric wise? Like we're talking like 500? We talking a thousand? Like what would you say? Tops 500. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. I would say 500 sure should be the, the surplus level. Yeah.
0: if you're trying to gain 500 calories. The most that I would ever have anybody go surplus or deficit is a thousand, at the absolute most. But in those cases, I'm talking about extreme situations, like the 16 year old kid who's rail thin, right. needs to gain weight it's for football, raging metabolism, right? Yeah. Or the, the you know person who's 80 pounds overweight, um, and you know they were already consuming you know 4,000 calories a day. Yeah, that's a good point, you know there. type of deal. But for most people, 500 calories are good. That's a good measure to yeah. get up or down. Yeah. yeah you know what absolutely. I mean? the,
1: and I here's the I think this is the biggest key to both the mini cuts and the mini but the reason why most people fail at it is the mental discipline it takes because they don't see the huge swing on the scale. Right. Yep. When you're in a mini cut, a mini bulk, and you're only manipulating five hundred calories surplus or deficit, when you think when you do that mathematically, it's only gonna compute to about a, a pound to a, a pound or so of fat tops in a week. Okay, so break that down per day, less than a quarter, less than an eighth. What is that? About an eighth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and that's of,
2: overall. Yeah. So it's not like ooh, I see it just right here in my stomach. Exactly. No. That's overall,
1: and that's not I taking into account the difference of water retention up or down a little bit. So easily, you could be on a five hundred calorie deficit, doing perfect. Day seven goes by and you see a one and a half pound gain on the scale, which fucks with people. They just, oh my God, this trainer is terrible who's having me do this. So this is why I spend a lot of time, you know, when I first meet with somebody explaining all this is that, if, you're, if we're going to be successful, I need blind faith from you. I needed you to trust in me that I know what the fuck I'm doing and there is a big picture to this that you got to follow this because if you let your mind start messing with you after we've only been going for two weeks and you've been perfect just like I want you to do and you don't see any movement on the scale in your head, I, you may be thinking that this is all bad and it's not going the direction. In my head, I'm going, this is perfect. This is just what I want to see. And,
0: and here's the thing. In the yeah. short, and this is a great point that you made because in the short, run a mini mini cut mini bulk uh you know system would yield you possibly less results so if i'm trying to gain muscle and you know i'm competing with my twin who's trying to gain muscle and he stays on a bulk for a long period of time where i go bulk then maintenance maybe a little cut bulk he might gain more muscle overall however he's a lot lot more he's a lot more body fat and when he he tries to peel that fat off of him He's going to end up lower than I than I am. He's going to end up with less muscle than me. Yeah. And the same thing is true with fat loss. You might lose more weight or even more fat uh, by going more hardcore long term, but at the end of the day, at the end of your you know six months or however long it takes you, you'll end up with a slower metabolism and more body fat. Mm-hmm. And so that's the that's the science that comes. That's that's the approach that you have to take with this. Personally, I keep my my mini bulk, bulks and mini cuts, or I try to at least. I've been on a mini bulk now for fucking two months, but I <laughs> I try to keep yeah. it at about three to four weeks, right. three to four weeks at a time, and then I turn to, I start to switch gears a little bit, and I get the I, I get, and I it, it, it's actually hard to switch gears because when you're in that mini bulk, you're stronger in the gym, you're eating more, you feel like you're in this I'm gonna gain, and then you have to switch gears mm-hmm. to try and get leaner, and of course, initially you have a little less strength, a little less. And it's, so it's kind of a mental fuck too, but well, you have to understand the it's whole
1: mental fuck on both parts. Cause that, you know, try and I, and this is why I have to explain this to these clients because, you know, here I am with a, you know, a female who hires me and she wants to lose 50 to 75 pounds and we're four weeks into uh, supposedly cutting. We're in a deficit and we've only maybe gone down a pound or two, <laughs> you know, maybe a pound or two. That's it. Maybe, maybe nothing. Maybe we have stayed even for four weeks and we've just got our healthy and balanced and then I go, okay, um, now I want to put you on a surplus. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know how hard that is. Yeah. You know, It's very hard to ex- get that person to understand that this is what's best for your body right now is we need to feed it. I, want, I need to feed it some more. I need to get it get this metabolism ramped back up a little bit before I decide to take away again. Now,
0: uh, along those lines, by the way, when we're talking about deficits and surpluses of 500 calories a day, that's average. It's actually better to not have a 500-calorie surplus or deficit. Every single day, you're better off having an 800 calorie one day surplus, 300 calorie the next day, set you know thousand one day zero the next day. So, uh, not only can you take advantage of the body's adaptation system in the mini bu- mini bulk, mini cut, you know, three week, four week period, but you can also take advantage of it on a daily period great, on a daily basis. Because I don't eat, I'm not if I'm trying to if I'm on a mini bulk, I make sure some days I have a thousand calories surplus and other days I have zero. And some days I have eight hundred, and other days I have you know two hundred, because it keeps the body processing, and moving, and taking advantage of the of as super extra calories, because yeah. and and also coming to back down to zero, so the body doesn't adapt. Right. So that's another way to look at it's it.
2: It's not too like carbon copy formulated, no, because you, know, you no. can't do that. And and it, it very much mirrors what we do with training. I was just as well. gonna say that, yeah, I was because, just gonna right. say It's no different, right? It's just the same as your, your, It's funny how they your, treat your it Your body's but trying different. to build, yeah. You're you're just doing the same. You're training your metabolism. You're training your, you know, your body to eat properly as far as like, uh, being in a surplus, being in a deficit, and then you know adapting and, and responding. It's like trying to get the right response. And send the right signal. You know
0: what? Nowadays, no, almost nobody will argue with you that you should change your workouts. Like, if we go and talk to people who understand exercise, and we argue and we say you need to periodize your workouts, or some workouts should be heavy, some workouts should be, most people would agree. We know this by now. But with nutrition, it's like no, nobody gets yeah, that. People no. can't. Uh, it's the same. Fu- that because, it's the same
2: fucking thing. Well, it's because exactly. there's so like it. Like food is is like it's like life or death. Like every day you have to have food and you have to have it regularly. Because that's what you need to have energy and operate properly, which people just don't want to think outside of that, that, you know, being restrictive with that and not always having things readily available that, oh, guess what? You still can function. It's crazy. I I could still function. I didn't have lunch. What? You know what? Shit.
0: You can apply that to macros, too. Yeah, and actually, you know, some some competitors do carb cycling. Really, what carb cycling is is it's like periodizing your diet. That's it. Really, that's at the end of the day, it's prioritizing
2: one you know macronutrient versus you know. Exactly what it is. The rest of them. That's
1: it. it, it, It's just a simple thing that somebody can follow. But what's what's really going on is that you know, which is I I think just like Justin said, comparing it to the way uh you know we undulate and we periodize our workouts is the exact same way that you should do it with nutrition. Yep. The only thing with the nutrition that I feel like it gets even more advanced or taking yourself to the next level is, okay, once you understand that science, you get that, then learning how to implement uh, food, certain foods that are really important to you. Like you talk about anti-inflammatories, right, uh, right. foods, and staying away from inflammatory foods, and stay, uh, getting foods that are probiotic. Well, and probiotic- rotating
2: your, your phytonutrients. I mean, how many people even focus on that? No. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody eats with color You know, in their head. Like what- the benefits each one of these, you know, phytonutrients presents itself to you. Like having that diversity in your diet is so important because, you know, all the different benefits and, uh, you know, all these micronutrients you get from it. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just feel like, you know, that gets washed under because everybody's so concerned about the overall aesthetic of the outside of the body.
0: Well, I think if you you really listen to your body and pay attention to it, you can start to understand, you know, like – I know for myself, uh, you know, you guys know I talk about eating cholesterol because it's anabolic, but I don't always do that yeah. because when I eat a lot of cholesterol all the time, I start to get an inflammatory yeah, I start to feel inflamed. Right. My, my, my muscles feel more sore. That's part of the reason why it helps you build muscle. But also, if I do it all the time, long term for myself, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And so, you got to listen to your body a little bit, you know, how you do it. I've told you guys for a long time where now, I've, I'll throw in a vegan day. I'll have one day every once in a while while I'll eat no animal product whatsoever. Now, I'm far from a vegan, but I do notice when I do that that I get this little boost or anabolic bump. Right. The following day. No, can we? Can, that.
1: I want to stop you right there, and mm-hmm. I want to elaborate on this because all the idiots that are listening right now that are like,
0: "Oh, see, that's why vegans better." No, no, no. no, no you no. know,
1: you're taking one thing to the extreme. Just that's like, and everything. that's the problem with every everybody yeah, does everything. That. Everybody takes what you know the paleo diet or whatever whatever diet that has
2: has. But you need that contrast. Yeah, I mean, you need that contrast. You need that. That harmonious balance between the two—you have that inverse relationship. So, if you're extracting one component of that and you're not, you know, taking its counterpart, then you're not going to have the overall balance and optimization of it, Mm -hmm. right? All you're going to have is an excess, and then the excess turns into inflammatory, even if it's an excess of good, right? So, you You know know what? You have to pair those together, and it's true with anything—anything that you think is good can be done
0: in excess. Yep. I just read another study that just came out, a huge fucking study, big one, conclusive, that people who supplement with high doses of calcium, number one, do not build stronger bones, and number two, have higher instances of heart attack and kidney stones. So for, again, an excess, these are people who are like, oh, calcium builds bone, I'm going to take a shit ton of calcium, yep. and guess what, bad for you. Not no. only does it not do anything for you, but it's bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is true with anything. Go. This is true with the macronutrients, proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, but also the foods within them. Yeah, and, I and that's know what people- gets
2: so frustrating with like the WHO. They're coming out with I kinda wanted to bring this up anyway. Oh, you're talking podcast, about the bacon. Yeah, just and, yeah. the bacon and just this, this demonizing of uh, you know, meats in general and just, you know, the It's just crazy. Well, what did we we talk about that article that came out? We haven't. I don't think we talked about about it. Why don't we talk about that since
1: that was something that's
2: Yeah, so the
0: WHO came out and and basically put bacon and processed meats in the same category as cigarettes in terms of uh, it conclusively will raise your risk of cancer. Now, we need to explain that real quick because people were freaking the fuck out and they're like, oh my God, bacon's like cigarettes. Well, especially
1: since we've been telling everybody
0: that cholesterol is
1: all fine. It has
0: nothing to do with cholesterol, but nonetheless, the process. I'll get there. Yeah. So, number one, bacon is not as deadly as cigarettes, not even close, the, the, the classification that the WHO, the World Health Organization, uses is that it will raise your cancer risk, but not that it will raise it to the percentage that cigarettes will. For example, if you eat bacon every single day, processed bacon, the bad bacon, every single day, you'll raise your pancreatic cancer risk or your colon cancer risk from 5%, which is everybody, to 6%. So, they know for sure you'll get you'll gain 1%, which is still fucking nothing. Yeah. Now, if you smoke cigarettes every day, you've increased your chances of getting cancer by like 3,000%. Well, isn't so it? So, it's not the same. Wasn't
2: the things they were highlighting for the most part carcinogenics? Like, uh, so if you're talking about bacon, aren't they talking about it being smoked and, uh, you know, th- as far as the processing of that, like having carcinogenics? All bacon is so different, right? Yeah. You can get uh, minimally processed,
0: organic. You know, uh, you know, bacon, uh, or you could get this super high processed smoked, or you know, proce- processed with lots of nitrates type of bacon. Very, very different. Same thing with with meats that they put in this this category. Now, one thing that they said that got on my nerves was they said that grilling meat creates so many carcinogens, right? Yeah, Anytime carcinogens, you- that's right? What I mean, yeah. and that that might be bad for you. Okay, that no, nah, that's not true because uh, something can be carcinogenic but not cause cancer in the body. Uh, we we've cooked foods for thousands of years. So go go
2: eat raw meat. <laughs> it's it's, it's, you're it's so get, silly. Yeah. I oh, yeah. the, I've heard that before too. And I yeah. used to work with this dietitian lady, and she was like, "Don't barbecue anything." I'm like, "What? What are you smoking? Like seriously?" Yeah, like, oh, no. you're going to tell people not to barbecue things. Like that's going to give you a carcinogen. No, they they're
0: they're looking at what's created by the barbecuing yeah. and saying that okay, this is a known carcinogen. However, in that context of eating meat that's cooked. It's not gonna. That's not gonna become a carcinogen. You know, it's not carcinogenic. Like exercise, for example. If we study exercise, we know it's a stressor. Exercise is carcinogenic. If you just look at it, and like right now, like you're working. Oh, free radicals went up. Damage to your DNA is going up. That's carcinogenic. Therefore, exercise causes cancer. No, it's not true. Um, But yeah, when it comes to meats, uh, you know, you know, meat is very different. I could have grass-fed organic beef that could have a different fatty acid profile. Different markers in it. It's going to be healthier than eating, you know, the super processed, you know, uh, meat that the mm-hmm. beef was mm-hmm. eating, you know, grain all the time.
2: Really? Yeah, it's the quality of it and how it was treated. And
0: right. So there's a there's a big difference, and also the, the cancer risk increase isn't that much. Like I said, I think for pancreatic ca- cancer, your risk goes from five to six percent.
2: Like okay, yeah, well, that's that, nothing. Like there's eww. so many things. Why don't why Coffee, don't we do this? Right? Why don't I we mean, do this? Stickers for that all over. The place. Why, why don't we do? Why, why don't we do
0: this? You, uh, Mrs. Johnson. Rather than stopping eating bacon and lowering your pancreatic cancer risk by one percent, why don't you start exercising and eating less calories than you burn? You know, more consistently and overall, you're going to be at far less cancer risk than yeah. just removing the cancer. You see you what go. I'm saying? Yeah. Like put things in context. Yeah. yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean you can you
1: just balance when it. you when you use percentages like that you can do any study like that you could say that you know by you having a family member who smokes if you visit them once a year you increase by two percent your chances of getting cancer right. which is higher than the bacon <laughs> so if you visit your family member who uh, smokes, don't you love
2: statistics yeah. It's,
1: well yeah, yeah if you visit your family you member who smokes cigarettes you want. more than one time a year your chances of increasing is higher than you having bacon every single day well the truth is, the true
2: thing with
0: cancer is they they believe that up to two-thirds of all cancer is uh, genetic so do everything you possibly can, and you'll you can handle about one third of cancer risk. The rest is all up to your genes. Yeah. So it's just one of those things, it's kind of scary.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Hey, can, before we before we hang up and some of that, why don't we go into a little bit of the because uh, we just slightly touched on the you know uh, inflammatory foods, and inflammatory foods, and probiotic type foods like. You know, why don't we give some such because you know everyone just heard us talk about the importance of balancing this out, living in a 500 calorie surplus or deficit? Like, okay, well, what should the a, a majority of those type of foods look like?
0: Well, number one, uh, eating in too high of a surplus for too long is inflammatory, there period. Yeah. Okay, so that alone is, is inflammatory in the body, even if you're eating clean. You know, healthy food. So, so,
2: would you say then, like on your stepladder method, right? So you're you're in a bit of a surplus. Then maybe you're in a maintenance. Then you're in a bit of a surplus. Yeah, is a better approach to being in a constant surplus. Absolutely. Correct. If yeah. you are
1: so it, honestly, what it should look like is you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not being. I guess that's being. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Uh, an option is, you know, okay. I'm gonna. We said 500 calories, right? So an option is. I'm gonna go eight hundred calorie surplus and then I'm gonna do a three hundred calorie deficit the next day. Eight hundred calorie surplus, three three hundred calorie so deficit. So
2: Overall you're at a you're at a surplus. So yeah. your end of your week is really what you're concerned with. Exactly. Yeah. At the end
1: of the week, I'm averaging a five hundred calorie. So that would be right. that's just an example. Obviously, I'm not prescribing that or saying that's how you should do it. I'm just saying, You get that, the idea. Yeah. yeah. The-
0: so so you know, eating in a surplus for too long or too high is inflammatory eating in a deficit is tends to be anti-inflammatory okay now obviously that's we're, we're looking at the big things right. now if we start to break it down sugar tends to be inflammatory Uh um, processed foods What's what,
2: processed I th- foods mean that's one sugar. of the major things i mean if you can just sort of focus and and, and be very simple like if you could just Lower that intake, you know, of sugar overall. Whether it's especially if it's from some kind of liquid,
0: mm-hmm. uh, you know. If you're oh yeah, if you that, drink sodas, or- which is a really
2: high majority for your average person, mm-hmm. right? Liquid, yeah, or, liquid or candy. Those yeah. two, those two. Liquid candy or
1: alcohol. Yeah, alcohol Lip-
2: is. Yeah, come on.
1: Yeah, those three. Liquid, li- liquid candy and alcohol are the three big ones for mm-hmm. in as far as. And that's what I'm saying. Let's just talk about some of the big ones. Obviously, we could sit here all day yeah. and talk about oh, every
0: balancing out your fatty acid, uh, your fatty acid intake. Yep. is and I say balancing because people know that omega-3 fatty acids are anti-inflammatory however if all you ever ate were omega-3 fatty acids you'd have inflammation yeah. you have lots of it so it's balance it's the balance of uh of fatty acids that uh are gonna give you and uh, you know or anti-inflammatory and most people get too many of the I believe nines and sixes mm-hmm. um, and not enough of the threes most Americans
2: well and most of that where like from cooking oils, right? Yeah, like, like well cooking
0: just, oils are definitely inflammatory. Just
2: be careful, yeah, exactly of, of your 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 decisions with that. The
0: processed oils at right. least we should say, the the, the, the vegetable process, oils yes, that exactly. are vegetable. that are processed heavily. Um, cuz coconut oil, olive oil, you know, the uh, the natural oils, avocado oil, those tend to be yeah better and and better, and, better and, options. And, right, healthier options. Um, vegetables tend to be very anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Um, Walnuts. Nuts yep. tend to be anti-inflammatory un- unless you have a food intolerance to nuts and then they become inflammatory. So like for me, if I eat too many peanuts, I will have an inflammatory response to it.
2: He eats a lot of penis. Penis. Yeah. Yeah. It, it Is that what I said? Penis? Yeah, penis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Penis makes me inflamed. I penis. <laughs> it inf- it inflames. <laughs> What's wrong with your... Stuff's <laughs> a lot of penis in there. Oh. Uh, what else? Um... For a lot of people, gluten is inflammatory. Not for everybody. Okay. Um, dairy can be inflammatory for a lot of people. Yep. Um, but I mean, if you eat a, re- a clean, healthy, kind of relatively balanced diet, low in sugar, low in processed foods, and you don't eat at a high surplus all the time, you're doing you're doing very good. Yeah. Well, in let, terms of
1: inflammation. Uh, let's talk about what inflammation feels like. Um, so I wrote a post not too long ago about aches and pains in the knees and back and elbows and, and shoulders and all these things like that that people get. Um, nine times out of ten, unless they had some sort of a major accident or injury, okay, besides those people. Everybody else that complains about aches and pain, it's normally due to either- Yeah, systemic
0: inflammation. Yeah,
1: it's normally inflammation or some sort of a mm-hmm, muscle imbalance. Mm-hmm. Which right. So, you know, if you have this acute pain in your elbow or your knee and you've just always just decided you think you have just bad knees and it flares up every once in a while, yeah. it's not that it- Oh, yeah.
0: dude, it's a, it's, a, it's a cycle, too. Itis, because right? if you
2: Anything with an itis at the end. Like, right. you're, you're inflammatory, you're fighting internally- something and, and it could be the root cause of it could be what you're eating
0: right right and i was gonna say it's a it's a cycle yeah. it's a vicious cycle i'm inflamed because of the food that i eat therefore i move differently and create you know uh, w- improper recruitment patterns mm-hmm. which cause muscle imbalances which then cause more inflammation and then it's this kind of this cycle yeah. that that you know uh, it's it's this vicious cycle that you end up developing especially yeah,
2: chronic inflammation yeah I mean, that that leads to the arthritis They've all already that shown that yeah,
0: yeah so so if you feel achy stiff inflexible, you go to stretch, you're like, oh, you know, I can't stretch. If you feel lots of headaches, headaches can be a result of inflammation, puffiness around the eyes, puffiness in the hands. Um, those are all, those can all be signs of bleeding
2: uh, buttholes. <laughs> oh, I heard that.
0: What? Sorry, I had
2: to throw it in there for you. Yeah. Throw in the be- bleeding butthole. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, those are the things that you, you kind of want to look out for to see if you're, if you're getting some of that.
1: How about healthy bacteria, foods?
0: Yeah, you know fermented probiotic. foods. Yeah, fer- fermented foods yes. are very good if you can have dairy. Eat like a you know just a plain fermented yogurt. I had kombucha today. Kombucha is a great mm-hmm. for me, excellent for healthy healthy. Have bacteria. you heard of
2: some weenies getting like somewhat buzzed off that? That's I heard ala- about. That's that. It's hilarious. That's you know, yeah. you know little alcohols in yeah, kombucha. It's it's like about as much as well less than mouthwash probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, way yeah, less. Way than way less. You can get hammered on mouthwash. You can. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I tried. Yeah. yeah, I did.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it's that's as as that's happen. kind of the gist of it behind uh, the mini cuts and mini bulks, um, and that's something we're, we will recommend all day long. Versus going the the old school direction, which was long bulk followed by a long cut, um, or the other other way around. Right. So you really shouldn't have a bulking season or a cutting season. If you yeah. do it kind of the way we're saying it, you'll stay relatively yeah. lean. And you'll 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 progress on a rel- relatively consistent basis. So you'll have these huge progressions, but at the end of the year you'll be much better off than you were. Unless you live
2: in Antarctica. Then you want to be in a high bulk. Yeah. Let's
1: just be honest. This is an excuse for people to eat shit food. (laughs) It's bulking season for the next four months. That was my excuse last few months. Eat whatever I want.
0: No, my excuse was trying to to do the We were doing the leg contest. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I saw Adam going up on a squat, so I'm like, I'm just going to eat more food. (laughs) (laughs) Show him what time it is.
2: Yeah. I got fat. Burgers in the thighs.
0: Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to Mind Pump and please leave us a five-star rating and leave a review. We love it.
2: Tell us how awesome we are! Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.